Welcome to episode 22 of the Warrior Pulse. Hey, it's spring break. It's St. Patrick's Day. That's why we've got our green on and it's casual Wednesday. It's a darn good day to have a podcast. And today I'm fortunate to have Brett Carpenter, the running backs football coach here at Weber International University. Um, Brett's a hometown guy from Cooper City, Florida. So he's from the great state and uh, from a little down south. And he's also from Weber International University. So Brett, welcome to the podcast, and uh, what are you doing to keep yourself busy during spring break? Uh, during spring break, you know, we're getting ready for uh, spring practice that starts on Monday, uh, so a lot of meetings, a lot of making sure every, all the parts are where they need to be, uh, just trying to stay organized for when those kids come back, we're ready to roll, man. Is, are you all, is there a trepidation, because I coach tennis, okay. so we don't really get that like spring break thing, we kind of get like we're in the middle of stuff during spring break. Yes, um is, is there a trepidation of when you send kids off for spring break that they're going to come back different than what they left as? Yeah, you know, we uh, we tell them to try to stay in shape, but, you know, we've all been there for spring break. So, you know, kind of working out in the back of our mind, uh, you know, so we hope they come back in the same shape when they left, but we all have a funny feeling that they won't. <laughs> so, Well, luckily as college kids, it's hard to lose too much in one week. So, yeah. so uh how did where did the love of football come from and what did you play when you played football? So the love of football came from when I was really young, I'd say a baby, my dad always, you know, we were always watching football and been playing football since I was, you know, six, seven years old around there. And just I played everything, you know, growing up and then once I got into high school it was more D line, O line, but you know, just the love of football's been there all of my life pretty much and I don't I don't I wanna change it for the world. Alright, keep it down. Favorite college team, favorite pro team? Oh, Miami Hurricanes all day. Okay. Miami Dolphins so all the, day. So the U, huh? Oh, it's yeah. gotta be the, gotta U. Be the U. Um, are the Dolphins gonna do anything? Is two of the is two of the answer? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, they're they're putting a lot of pieces together, you know, even though we won ten games this past season and make playoffs, it was rough, but you know, going from a three win season to a ten win season is a big turnaround yeah. and you know, those guys are starting to buy into Coach Flores and just like how our kids are going to start buying into Coach Pooch. And I feel like we're going to have a big turnaround in the fall as well. That is that is a great tie-in to something I wanted to ask about. There has been a big transition uh, on the campus of Weber with the fact that Coach Scott has left and it's now Pooch's baby. Um, how has that transaction trans, transition been? And are there any things that you're looking forward to having um, Patachini as the coach? Uh, the transition um, in the beginning, you know, trying to get everything in place, you know, because the transition started early January. Um, so we, you know, in the middle of recruiting and, you know, doing all this and trying to put Coach Pooch's, you know, philosophies and how he wants to do things in place. So it was a little it was a little long days, you know, a little chaotic, chaotic in the beginning, but, you know, everything started to smooth out. Um, and I see the future extremely bright. Uh, I, you know, I played for Pooch when I played here, and I know how when he was the DC, how he expected things. And now that the whole the whole team's going to be under that, you know, regime per se, I feel like the future is really bright for us, and I'm excited to go up to Lindsey Wilson and play them hard and kick their ass, pretty much. I like it. Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, for those that don't know, we're talking about the new head coach Eric Patachny, who. If you know him, he's Pooch. So um, I remember him, and always he kind of had this scary persona. 
<laughs> about him. Is is that a persona or is that the real man? Scary? No. I don't think it's a scary persona. I think he's just very detail-oriented. You know, every if it's why do anything if you're not going to do it right. You know, and he's just he just holds all of us to a certain standard, you know, and so everybody's fearful of not reaching that standard. So I don't think it's him being scary or, you know, but he just holds everybody to that standard and, you know, that's what he expects. So you talked about playing for him. You're, you, you graduated from here in 2017 with a sport business management degree. Was the goal to get into coaching or was the goal to get into sport business management? And if it was to get into coaching, how have you used your degree for that? So honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to use it for when I graduated. I, you know, I, I was like, okay, I want to stay in football and, you know, coaching opportunities came up. And um, so I, I started off at uh, Cooper City High School where I went to school and I was coaching there. And uh, my degree came up because I was also like an, uh, an associate AD per se. So I kind of helped the AD, you know, with uh, sports events and help set up and just make sure everything was going smoothly there. So um, that's kind of where my degree came in. And then uh, coaching wise, just being able to, uh, you know, use what I learned from Dr. Farshman and Dr. Aaron and put it into that person. Yeah, the, the Dr. Farshman Aaron combination is is a pretty good combo. Uh, I, go, I actually took my master's courses from, from both of them. So okay. um, now you are the running backs coach, but you were a defensive line guy. Yes, sir. How do you use the knowledge of trying to tackle the guys that you're now coaching to help them break the line? Uh, just seeing it from a different perspective, you know, seeing it from the defensive side of the ball, um, seeing like what to look for when a guy does a certain thing because, you know, defense is all about reacting and how to really set up guy, like um, a defender to where you can break a tackle and, you know, keep it going. But just, you know bring the defensive mentality to offense a little bit and just give my insight on you know what to look for and stuff like that well in honor of you being the running backs coach I actually went and dug up a few quotes from running backs so I'm gonna get your uh, thoughts on this this one came from Walter Payton when you're good at something you'll tell everyone when you're great at something they'll tell you what mentality are you hoping to instill into your athletes so that they don't talk they're talked about well, I, I, I told my running backs this on the first day. I'm going to treat you all like grown men. So, you know, within reason, you're going to be able to say what you want to say. But at the same time, we're going to let, you know, what we do in between the white lines to speak for itself. So, you know, I just told them, hey, we're going to come in. We're going to work hard. It's, you know, it's not going to be how it was in the previous years. And we're just, you know, we're going to work. You know, we're not going to come in here and just, you know, sit around and not do anything. We're going to come in and we're going to show people what we're all about. You know, anybody can talk about it, but it, who can be about it, pretty much. I was, one of my favorite athletes was Barry Sanders. Um, and then I was listening to a podcast uh, with Larry Fitzgerald, who is was a great wide receiver for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither one of those athletes celebrated when they scored. They acted as if they had done it before. Mm-hmm. I like that, but I think I'm in the minority on this one. Okay. How do you feel about end zone celebrations, tackling celebrations? I'm of the opinion it's your job, it's what you're supposed to do. Why are we so? I don't, I don't high five 
Joyce when I leave for the day. Yeah. So what's your opinion on, on celebrating? I, and I will go both ways on this one. I am not sold. I just, that's my personal feeling. I'm a little torn myself. Um, you know, just the basic, you know, for example, if a running back doesn't break any tackles and he gets an open lane and just scores, like, all right, you scored. But if he's, like, making making a play, something out of nothing, and, you know, he does an extremely great play, then, okay, you can celebrate a little bit because it's not normal for that to happen. Same thing being a defensive guy. If you make a tackle, you know, you're supposed to make a tackle. But if you make a big hit, then it kind of – it's a momentum builder. So, yeah, you kind of like to get up and, you know, scream and yell and get all hype about that. So I'm a little torn about it. So there is a time and a place for celebration. I can go with that. I, I'm just old school guy, like on a tennis court, you know, like we hit a we hit a service winner or an ace and it's like, yeah, that's our job. We don't start dancing or doing I anything. I and so I just kind of am curious. But uh, um, you've been at Weber. You've had multiple jobs. So you are the running backs coach. But I was looking through your sheet and you've worked at the union, the weight room during the summertime and maintenance also during the summertime. What do those jobs do to shape you as the person that you are today? Well, those jobs showed me what, you know, why I'm actually getting a degree. Uh, Yeah, they were just summer college jobs just to get cash in so I can pay the, you know, rent, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was also good to see, like, okay, like, this is why I'm actually getting a degree and, you know, really respect the people that work there that much more, Um, you know, doing what they do every day. Um, but I did, you know, I learned a lot from the union, you know, just talking to everybody, different people all the time, you know, helping with my communication skills and then, uh, working in the weight room, just fine tuning, you know, making sure everything's clean, you know, the little details and then maintenance was, you know, the hard, heavy lifting, you know, making sure that, you know, all the rooms are good during summer for kids to come back in the fall. So it's it makes you appreciate it makes you want to put your grocery cart away when you go to Publix you know oh, yeah. you want to oh, yeah. you want to keep things clean and that's the one thing um, I'll talk to you, to you about and ask about because you do have one of the larger teams that that management style that you guys have to do and I talk to my players all the time like if you close the gates people are going to realize the gates are supposed to be closed mm-hmm. but it's on us if they see us leaving balls out and that kind of stuff and, and I've I've heard I've heard uh, administration and I've heard coaches say like, hey, don't leave this out. You're like, let's move this stuff. So being that you've worked in it, you're like, dude, don't, like, it's, put it away. Like, don't, and then you go to the rooms during the summer and you're like, people live like this? Like, yeah. I, I've been here for a long time. So I've seen, I've seen the leftovers. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Being the fact that you were here in 2016, you were the team captain. And in 2014, Weber won the conference championship. And, and for, those that don't understand, winning the conference championship isn't our normal conference. It's spread out. You're playing games all over, basically all over the, the Southeast and, and some even the Midwest for the conference. So what was that experience like as a player winning the conference championship? Hmm. Um, in the beginning of the season, we went, we actually lost our first three games. So we started off 0-3. Um, and, you know, we were like, oh, well, this ain't looking too hot. But... You know, the seniors and the older guys, because I was a sophomore that year, and the older guys really stepped up during that bye week. And then after that bye week, we just kind of, like, all met up, like, on our own, like a little whatever, and we were like, look, like, we're not, this ain't happening. Um, and then just seeing the transition happen within days, really. The mindset, you know, coming in, working, and just, you know, we all started hanging out with each other outside of, you know, football and class and stuff and, you know, partying and doing all that together instead of separately. 
Um, there was no clicks, nothing like that on the team. Like, yeah, everybody had their friend group, but everybody hung out together. And just that transition in that probably helped us out the most. Um, but that was a fun year. That was a really, really fun year. Um, just the memories made on that that uh, that team, I'll probably I'll never forget ever. And one of the things you talked about was when you found out you were you won the conference championship, you guys actually were on the way home from someplace else. Yeah. How, what was the exuberation and the talk and the chatter like <laughs> on that bus on the way back? <laughs> so we actually went up to Newport News uh, in Virginia, and uh, it was a day game. Uh, it was a noon kickoff. Went up there kicked their ass and we're on the way back and uh on the way back uh warner and edward waters were playing and in order for us to beat win the conference we needed warner to lose and you know of course we're rooting for edward waters and everything and you know on the bus we're what we didn't we couldn't pull up the stream because up in the mountains you know the service ain't that great so we just were getting the live play-by-play and then all of a sudden we found out that warner uh missed the field goal in overtime to tie it up so that's how Edward Waters won and we went crazy like the buses had to pull over <laughs> the, the, the buses were shaking and rocking like everybody was going crazy and so like literally we we they had to pull over to the rest stop and for like an hour the whole team was just like excited and everything so like it, that that trip took an extra hour to get home but it was well worth it that's awesome and and those are things that you hold on to those memories those are good things and it's stuff you can talk about with your current players mm-hmm. like this is what's possible if you put in the work um you also talked about the cali trip was that the azusa pacific trip uh menlo menlo okay azusa pacific was before i guess that was you guys had gone out to a couple years before and played yeah, azusa pacific. So, so how was the cali trip so the cali trip was fresh off the bye week um that was you know the first game after you know we were 0 and 3 we're going out to cali to play menlo and uh, we went, we left early. Uh, Coach Scott brought us out there, and we went to Alcatraz that Thursday and all that, kind of get used to the time change. So the Cali trip was fun just because, you know, Florida boys don't get to go out to Cali often. They don't get to see Alcatraz. They don't get to, you know, do, do any of that, really. So that was fun. And then, you know, after that Thursday, Friday, everybody kind of locked back in and was like, all right, like we actually came out here for a reason. And that Menlo game was came down to the wire itself. Uh, we were still figuring each other out, figuring like who we are, you know, 0 and 3, and that was just a fun game as well, you know, game coming down to the final seconds, you know, defense on the field, and we we ended up stopping them. But that was that was a good trip, and that really jump started that whole season. So I I, I always talk to to kids and people about small college athletics. We we hear the stories of like. Auburn, Alabama, and Auburn flies to Alabama on the charter, and they have Outback waiting for them on the plane, and it's a 45-minute flight, and Mm -hmm. you guys are getting pizzas and a bus, and if you're on a flight, it's at 4 o'clock in the morning, and you've left from the campus, Mm -hmm. and how do you explain to an athlete that that we hear the Instagram stories and the Twitter stories Mm -hmm. that this experience is going to be a blast? How do you sell that to a kid? Because we see the glam. But we actually don't understand that these trips, they shape you for a lifetime. Oh, yeah. So how do we sell these kids on these trips? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, the easy part is, hey, you're missing some class. You know, it's excuse absences, but then they, they find out, like, because a lot of kids don't really travel like that. You know, in high school, you just travel 30 minutes by bus, and then you're back the same day. Um, but, you know, just being able to go with your friends, and you're gonna be on a bus for you know however long it is. 
where, you know, you get to play cards, you get to, you know, chop it up, play dominoes, spades, tongue, you know, all these different games, and you really become, build a better bond. And then once you get to the hotel, yeah, we have our walkthroughs, we have our meetings, we have all that, but once we get our free time before bed checks, it's like, okay, like, you know, let's just hang out, let's just relax before the day before a game or what, so, and, you know, it's a fun time, it really is. Yeah. Best memories are made on away trips. Oh, I, I think I, I think it's incredible to go travel, and I, I, I tried to always get my teams away from campus as much mm-hmm. as possible, just because it's fun to see see what else is out there. Love Especially that. like you said, there's a lot of kids that don't travel. Like it's crazy to me of if you drove around this area, there's people that don't go to the beach, mm-hmm. and it's like an hour and a half one way or the other. Oh yeah. And and I remember going to Tulsa, Oklahoma one time, and. We were at a restaurant, and the people were like, so is the ocean nice? I'm like, yeah, it is. It's really, I've never been. And it's like, what? Like, you're in America. You can, you got four corners. Pick yeah. one and go. Yeah. But it's crazy that, that, and then in college, yeah, you're not playing the biggest athletics, but you're getting to see things that you probably never see. Yeah, I mean, you know, in high school, we never, well, we did travel, but fortunately, but yeah, it's weird how some kids have never been to the beach or like, you know, you go to Arizona, for example, and they're like, what, well, what's the weather like, yeah. you know, in Florida? Because um, we went to Arizona my junior year and they were like, oh, what's Florida like? Da, 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 da. And it's like, you guys, you know, it's only like a three hour plane trip, yeah. you know, but it's, it's a good time. And, you know, when we get recruits on campus, we're trying to sell that and tell our kids like not to worry, you know, especially when we used to fly. Mm-hmm. We had some kids that never flown before and it's like, okay, um, Hold on tight, I guess, and enjoy the <laughs> ride. But no, it's a good time, and it's 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 a great experience. Yeah, taking off on a plane is awesome. I hate the landing. I've had to fly a lot when I was younger, and I don't mind the takeoff. But yeah. man, that I don't. It's weird when you're decelerating. You shouldn't be decelerating. Um, last thing on kind of the Weber tie-in here is you you went here, you've coached here. What's your best memories here? Hmm. And you can hit me with whatever. Oh man. Best memories? Yeah. I got quite a few. Um, obviously, you know, the conference, winning the conference and all that was a great, you know, I'll never forget that. But just the parties and just hanging out with friends outside of class and school with no stress in the world and just, you know, making memories that way. Like, I can call up any one of my old friends and just, you know, talk about the memories we made and all the friends I made, really, because, you know, they're my friends for the rest of my life, pretty much. Um, so pretty much that, just the people I met, the memories I made, and how I'll cherish them for a long, long time. Yeah, those the beach parties were, <laughs> and I go back to when the beach parties were, <laughs> to, I know that they had the beach parties and they were, but I went back when the... <laughs> we're not going to get into too detail on that. No, those, no, no, but there right, used good. to be vehicles in the lake and, you know, people, <laughs> like the Babson Park community would no, show yeah. up to the oh, beach yeah. party and we'd have boats that never had been here before. And uh, One year there was a Florida State sorority that chartered a bus down. <laughs> that was another year where we had a 40-foot barge with four kegs on it out there. There was another year where we had like 10 to 15 boats just 20 feet off Weber's Beach with beers everywhere. It was, you know, there was... And, and it's amazing, those parties, they, they sustain their own life. Oh, yeah. And they'd come and they'd go, and then they'd come back, and I guess they're gone now. I don't know. I don't know the... the but they were part of that Weber allure, and it was mm-hmm. something that shaped... So I mean, I was here in the '90s, and they were, and you're talking in the 2000s, in the late, you know, mid to uh, 2010s, and mm-hmm. 
there, that's a big span. Oh yeah. But you can talk to people who went here way back when. And, oh yeah. And they will bring up the beach parties. Oh yeah. And it's funny because when you talk to people in the '80s, they talk about the fine dinners they used to have and the black tie dinners. And, oh, okay. And the dances and. Okay. So it's like it, it went through these stages. Yeah. So I think now these 2020 group, they need to figure out something that's going to. Oh, they have to. Give them. And whether it's a foam party on the uh, on the field, yeah, and, and late, so they gotta out. figure out something to to do. That was the biggest party of the year. Everybody talked about it. You yeah, know, yeah. all the older, all the upperclassmen told the like the freshmen, like, yeah. "Hey, beach party, you gotta be there." You know, da da da. We even told. I remember there was a recruit I was helping show around. I was still playing, and I was like, "Hey, man, you gotta come back for the beach party." You know, <laughs> so. Well, real quick, you talked about your mentor being Coach Raz, and I remember yeah. Razzle and 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 hope he's doing well over in Dunedin with the with Raz. the Blue Jays and uh, their minor league system. Why is he the mentor, or why was he your favorite mentor? Just the energy he brought, and making sure you know. Also, he was very into like detail, like little detail, but he made everything we did fun and. You know, when it's 5.30 in the morning, you got to come work out. You don't, as a college kid, you don't want to wake up and come work out. But, like, right when you walked in, energy's high. You know, he made it fun. It made it, like, you want to be there. You know, and just seeing how he worked and how he prepared and all that, it was, it was, he led by, by um, just doing things. He didn't really say much, you know, other than, you know, as a strength coach trying to hype you up. But, you know, just seeing how he prepared and how he went about things was awesome. So, football coaches are notorious for not having much time off. When you get time off, what do you like to do? Um, I like to go out. You know, I like, you know, I'm, I'm only 25, so I do like to go out to bars here and there. But I also like to just stay at home and, you know, go fishing, go go camping, um, and just, you know, kind of spend time to myself, hang out with friends and, you know, normal, I guess, 25-year-old yeah. things. All right. Last couple of things I want to talk about are kind of uh, – They've kind of been on my mind, and, and I want to ask other coaches of we're at Weber, we're at a small college. We all have these ideas of the athletes we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also know the kind of athletes that we're capable of getting mm-hmm. regularly. What type of athlete are you looking for? That person, what is that human being like for you? Um, well, it, it you know. It all depends on their character. Um, how they, how, how, what are they doing when no one's looking? Um, you know, how they carry themselves. Um, obviously, they're still 17, 18, 19 year old kids. Yeah. So we know, I, we've all been there, but, you know, uh, how are they in the classroom? How are they outside of the classroom? Are they, you know, representing their school well? Are they representing their parents and family well? Um, and when they come here, they're going to represent us well. You know what I mean? So we just want high character kids that can just go out on uh, go out on Saturdays and ball and you know line them in front of someone and just beat them every play. Um, so that's what we're kind of looking for. And then on that same kind of same vein, what's your biggest pet peeve with athletes that you get on campus? Like our current athletes? You, yeah, yeah. Hit me. Biggest pet peeve of our current athletes? Just um, no one in particular. Just no, 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 in no, 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 no. Um. Hmm. Biggest pet peeve, just I guess their their attitude. Uh, most of them aren't too bad, but there's still a couple that you know needs to change. 
Um, like a lot of our kids now, I don't think would have, a couple, I say a handful of kids now would have survived when, you know, early 2010s and, you know, the conference team. I, but other than that, I don't think a lot of them would just because the way they carry themselves, you know, and I, I could just be me being me. Um, but I don't know. I just, just the attitude kind of rubs me the wrong way. Well, just remember, as you get older, the hill that you walk to get to school and back home from school gets, gets bigger longer, every longer, day. Longer, yeah, it gets yeah, bigger. Yeah. And it starts snowing later on. Yeah, even um, more in Florida. Yeah, it starts snowing and, and it's soft dirt and everything else. Um, with that being said, you talked about that that they don't you don't know if they would have survived. And you talked about that changing the character. How do you find the leaders? And are those leaders always the best players? And then how do you teach that leader to lead? You can't teach anybody to lead. It's 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 you know, you're either born with it or you're not. You either lead by example or you you're a raw raw guy. Like, doesn't matter if you're a starter or you know a JV backup player. If you go in and do what you do and work and bust your ass every day and you know eventually the hard work will pay off. People will see it and they'll be like, all right, he obviously he's doing something right. But I can't teach you to be a leader. There's there's no way in hell I can teach you to be a leader. I can teach you how to play football all day, but leading just comes from within. And then do the kids appreciate those leaders? They're never going to always like what they have to say, but do they end up appreciating those guys that turn into the leaders? I don't think it's appreciation. I think it's more of a respect thing. Okay. I think it's more of like, all right, like obviously you're doing what you need to do. You're balling on the field and you're, you know, so yeah, I, I don't, they don't have to like, like, for example, if I was a leader, they don't have to like me, mm-hmm. but they, they're going to respect me and respect my words because I've been there. I'm doing everything right. So it doesn't matter. Like I said, if you're a all, all conference starter or JV backup, man, if you do what you do and the respect factors there, then. Well, Brett talked about, uh, players coming in, leading by example, and then busting their ass. And, and the quote I have to kind of finish up is actually by someone who did just that, Jim Brown. Okay. Make sure when anyone tackles you, he remembers how much it hurts. Oh, yeah. And I think for an offensive guy, I always felt like, man, I would love to be – I was never fast enough. <laughs> but I think it would be awesome to be a wide receiver because, like, you get to kind of move around. Mm-hmm. But I see some of the hits they take. Oh, yeah. And, and I look at the running backs, and I think as the running backs coach, you're like, yeah, they're gonna, you're going to get hit. Make sure they know you got hit. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I tell them let's let's every play run through someone's teeth. <laughs> hey, yeah. we're we're com- the way the way our new offense is set up, our running backs are gonna get hit up almost every single play. So when you know when you do it, run through run through someone's teeth, man. I, I really I really want to take this back for a moment because I'm a tennis coach. I also work. With, I've also done other sports, but tennis is is my forte, and I love being able to talk to contact sports coaches because I can always imagine me going like all right dude I want you to serve this right through his teeth like you mm-hmm. there's just things in our sport like we can't <laughs> we can't say like can you imagine the bowlers like all right you're gonna hit this mark and we're gonna it's a 10 pin right through their teeth come yeah. on you got this yeah. I love football because it really is that the old smash mouth game I think basketball can be similar where you're oh, bodying yeah. up to people oh, yeah. and things like that but for a lot of the coaches we have the same desire. We just can't say it the same yeah, way. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like in that hard-nosed thing. But, Brett, it's been a pleasure. Um, when you get a chance this year, new coaches, new coaching staff, uh, come out and check out the, the turf field. It's been here for, I think, it's the second year now. Going on year 
three. Going actually. on year three. Uh, two and a half years, yeah, something like that. Come out, catch a game. I think probably by fall we're going to be able to start allowing fans back in. Uh, it's going to be new look Warriors, uh, new coaching staff, same attitude. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing those running backs go through the teeth of the opponents. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us for episode 22 of the Warrior Pulse. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey, by the way, 